Hey everybody, this is Davis over at Con Freaks and Geeks, and I would like to welcome you to another episode of Pop Culture Gems. This is a series where we talk to amazing creators, artists, cosplayers, voice actors, and so much more. If you want to check out our this series, uh, give us a thumbs up or, and, or subscribe to our YouTube channel, the CFG channel, or you can listen to us on any podcast services out there. If you want to check out the fantastic geeky content in one area, you can go always check our main website, confreaksandgeeks.com, for the whole package. My guest this episode is an amazing voice actor who does it all. She cosplays, is an anime geek, a gamer, and so much more. You may have heard her voice in some animes like Demon Slayer, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, or ReZero, but you most definitely remember her as the awesome android 2B from Near Automata. I would like to welcome Kira Buckley to the show how are you doing kira good thank you so much for having me <laughs> that's awesome i hope you're staying safe over uh, over where you're at right now you know doing the best we can in la right <laughs> oh yeah big time big time <laughs> well all right well uh, let's let's get this started uh well first off uh so the first question i always ask this for everybody who is kira buckland Oh, well, I feel like you summed it up pretty well in the intro. <laughs> I mean, add in a little of that and then just me being a general awkward nerd. And I think we're good. And, you know, also the fact that I take care of a million cats every day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how many cats do you have? That's a good question. So, um, <laughs> Four officially. But um, if you count the feral cats outdoors that we kind of feed and take care of, it's about 10 that I feed every day. So, oh my God, you are <laughs> literally, yeah, you're literally the Simpsons cat lady right now. You know that, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> that is awesome. Man, that's that's cool. Uh, well, uh, well, first off, well, how long have you been cosplaying? Um, about as long as I've been voice acting. So I think I did my first cosplay in 2004. And mm. what's funny, it was like for Halloween 2004. And it was Kagome from Inuyasha. And mm. the reason that I bring that up is because how cool is it that now I'm in Yashihime as one of Sashomaru's <laughs> daughters like that, you know, because that show was one of my early inspirations to do everything that I do. So that's just really cool to be a part of it. That is like uh, that's just like the circle of life how it normally how it normally goes you know mm -hmm. <laughs> the beginning of it is uh, starts with Inuyasha the end of it is coming or coming to it you are affiliated in Inuyasha in some sort of way so that's that's cool that's that's really cool and uh, and I mean I commend cosplayers because of the details of like you know the work that you do with your outfits itself but like when you do cosplay uh, what's the toughest part uh, uh, when you uh, when you cosplay. Well, that depends because I've only made like a few of my own costumes because it's something that I really tried to teach myself, but I'm just not good at. Like, I feel like, um, like I would like to be good at it, but it was hard to have the patience, you know, when I got a sewing machine to like sit down and learn how to do it. And I've messed so much stuff up and, you know, then you waste your materials and it's just like, ah, so like a lot of times I would either just kind of buy pre-made stuff or mm -hmm. I would like do like a casual like um kind of because my favorite part of it is like the wigs and the makeup so to me it's like I would almost rather put more detail in like how I do the makeup for the character and then wear like something more casual that I think they could wear because you know if you're like running around at con all day you want to be comfortable right so right. um you know it just depends I don't think there's like a lot of shame in in buying a lot of your cosplays or doing casual stuff as long as you're like upfront about it and you're not like oh i made this or whatever but um i did make a couple costumes of jolene from jojo's bizarre adventure that i was super proud of mm, 
Oh, that's awesome. I did see, I've seen, I've seen some of those. Yeah. That, that's really crazy. <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> so bright and shiny is, is what every time I saw it, when I see that, when I see Jojo yeah. characters. And I wanted to maybe remake it at some point, but I decided I'm going to wait till like whenever we get an announcement of part six being animated and we see her anime design revealed. Cause you know, sometimes it like, it's a little different. Like when part five got animated, it's like, Oh, pink Giorno is, is official now. Or, or, I mean, it always was, but you know what I mean? It's like default. So, um, yeah, so I don't know what color Jolene's official one for the anime is going to be. So I think I'm just going to go for it then and do whatever she has. That's cool. Yeah, my friends are like have had a big issue, like not issue, but I like are very like because like I don't see the problem of people buying cosplay and just cosplay because I mean if you're just having if you're going to if you're just going to go to an event and having fun with it, why like why do you want to have like you know the blood, sweat, and tears sometimes? to uh yeah. to, uh, I mean, to do as it as long you know? as you're not like entering masquerade or like posting like oh i did this or whatever because i mean <laughs> i feel like some of my costumes are very obvious they're bought like my kakiguri one and um my asuka is just like a yellow dress i got from like forever 21 so <laughs> yeah i mean yeah that the, yeah i mean the, yeah you're just you're just having fun with the character you wanted to play the character it's just it's just like halloween at that point you know yeah, so uh, i'm i'm pretty adamant about cosplay is for everybody race gender body type um you know as long as you're having fun and doing what you love to do yeah it's big time big time and uh and uh, I do remember speaking of uh, uh, like with your cosplay, I loved like your stream that you did a, a while ago with like you know with the uh, with your you know co uh, with uh, co voice actor uh, Kyle McCarley from Near Automata oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like like a couple of years ago that was really fun and then uh, but uh, uh, especially when you dressed up as Two B that one time and then, well, yeah I, when I surprised <laughs> him I think he kind of suspected it. <laughs> well, I found it how far like you you like left like the 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 bandages over the face and stuff for the while. And I'm just like, how long is she going to stay like that? <laughs> you yeah, know? and it was so, like, I, I did a couple cons like that, and then it was just, like, so uncomfortable and, like, awkward <laughs> to see in that, that I'm just like, okay. And, and, like, the dress was kind of, you know, it got really hot and stuff, so finally I just kind of did, like, casual 2B outfits and was like, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, the just looking at 2B's outfit in general, just, like, I mean, if you wanted to go, like, real material of 2B, like, it's not like a, it's not just like a, it looks like a, like a, not crushed velvet but like you know a weird kind of material that's kind of thick that doesn't look like it breathes very well so it doesn't i went through a couple to be dresses and you know the first one i got was a little bit more breathable but then the second one i wanted you know that more velvety looking material but it was just really uncomfortable <laughs> then, yeah then that would be dedication if someone never did that so <laughs> i i and the I, shoes the heeled boots i'm just oh like, my oh, god yeah, and if you want to even get on top of that, if people carrying the 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 huge swords along the way with it too, yeah. that, that she has, so so no, so no, uh, that was that was fun. But uh, uh, I was I was wanting to know for a long time, did you ever successfully get Kyle to to cosplay as Nine S? No, I wanted to so bad, <laughs> but I think he just he just wasn't into it and like that whole aspect of you know cosplaying and stuff. And so I got him. I remember one year for Christmas, I got him Nine S's choker because I was like, mm -hmm. well, you know, he could at least wear that and it'd be something. But the problem was like, you know, we ordered it online, and a lot of times when stuff arrives internationally, the sizes are really really small, so oh, you yeah. couldn't like fit it on without literally choking him. And I was like, oh, <laughs> well, I guess that idea went out the window. It, 
it, it lived to the name <laughs> essentially <laughs> yeah it's been, uh, i've always been i've always had i was always worried i'm always paranoid when it comes to like you know overseas uh overseas measurements because like yeah i i, I can easily understand that getting uh getting into that <laughs> Yeah, uh, and that's like definitely an issue that I deal with sometimes too because I'm plus size. So it's like really hard to find a lot of the pre-made costumes that are in my size. So sometimes they offer custom sizing, but usually it's really expensive. And, you know, mm. I think that's something that's kind of deterred me too. The worst is probably like waste, you know, like because like, you know, mm. everyone's everyone's waist is different. And then like you said, like, uh, so when someone says, oh, this is this coming from like either Indonesia or from like, you know, China or someplace like that, it's like, normally it's the waist is either too too short or too high or yep. it's like <laughs> oh my god yeah it was so hilarious uh but uh, uh i'm kind of going in a weird tangent but my friend uh bought like a power rangers green ranger uh cosplay outfit over like overseas he gets it back it was not besides the fact that it was an off green it wasn't even green ranger it was just like oh, maybe no. like <laughs> it was like a maybe a light green uh, on top of that but the, the waist olive was puke ranger <laughs> <laughs> yeah the olive puke ranger that's exactly what they should have called them that would have been great uh but the but like the the waist was like high and it was like like Steve Urkel, like high rise pants high. And then it was, just, I, I was like, I wish I made some blackmail photos because this would be the best. This is the perfect yeah. blackmail photo for you. And that's another problem too, that a lot of the sites will kind of, not all of them obviously, but there's a fair amount that will steal cosplay photos from people who made their costumes or who got like a really high quality costume. So um, a friend of mine actually had a costume that she handmade. Somebody put it on one of those sites and, <laughs> It's like it's not gonna look like hers. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh you, oh you mean like mis like purposely misrepresenting what they what the product really is? They just like yeah. So they probably yeah. had some party store like bargain bin version of the character because it was really cheap, and then she you know put like hundreds of hours into it. Oh, that that must that's so terrible when it's yeah. I've I've seen that too, and it's just. Uh. It is like, you can, but there's nothing you can do about it. You can just have to turn the other cheek and just be like, "Hey, watch out! Don't don't buy from this person or this group because that's not what you're gonna get. You're gonna get this. You're gonna get nowhere near it." So you know. For, yeah, for I mean, I know some people have had success fighting it. So you know, I think it it is like definitely worth it if if you have like your art stolen or your cosplay stolen or something like that to um to try to get like stuff taken down from the sites because I know it has been successful for some people I know. Oh really? Okay, that'd be great. Cause like, yeah, but I, that would I would love to know how to get how, how for that. Cause I have friends same way that that uh, that's happened to them too. So, well, that's cool. Um, I also heard that you're uh, you're a fan of fighting games as well. Um, uh, what what kind of fighters do you usually like to play? Um, so probably my favorite franchise of all time, although I haven't played it in a while, is Guilty Gear. Um, yeah. I used to put so many hours into Accent Core. Um, I also, of course, I play Soul Calibur. I know that's going to be like, oh, well, you play that because you're in it. It's like, but Soul Calibur 2 was like my first fighting game. So, you know, I uh -huh. always loved Soul Calibur, which made it even cooler to be taking over as the voice of Talim so many years later. Mm -hmm. um, Street Fighter. Um, I like I like um like a lot of 2D fighters especially so um I really really loved Melty Blood back when that was a thing and then oh um, yeah Under I birth. did like Undernight and Birth and stuff like that I tried to pick up Cross Tag Battle after I was the voice of Heart I know but I feel like that game's like I don't know it confuses me there's just so much going on I'm sure some <laughs> there's a lot or whatever but yeah 
I would like when I played uh, when I played Blaze Blue the, uh, the cross tag battle. I'm like, why is there so many different mechanics in this game? It's like when when the game is more was is more of a saturated with like mechanics and systems rather than your character base. It's like that's when it's like you know what I think I'm done. I don't, I'm I'm good. Yeah, like I super <laughs> admire the people who can sit down and devote like time to learn all the ins and outs of everything. But it's just like sometimes it's just so much. <laughs> yeah, it's just a little too much. It's like, uh, uh, like it's kind of funny when you brought it back when you said like you you like you would like Soul Calibur because you're in it. It's like all virtually all the games you just listed, you're virtually in it in some sort of way. Though, I mean, <laughs> I mean, come yeah. on, Street, Street Fighter. I mean, you're in Street Fighter. You're yes, also but in, in all fairness, I played that beforehand. <laughs> I used to main Zangief in Street Fighter 4. So. Oh, you were a Zangief player? Oh, my God. My friend would have loved you uh, on that. Because, oh, in 4? Yeah, 4, man. I and hated. I my jury like a gazillion years ago and stuff. So, <laughs> I, I used to like, I went to Evo one year and I cosplayed Jerry. <laughs> oh, wow. That's cool. <laughs> that, like, that's really oh, man. cool. I always say if they like do English voices in Guilty Gear sometime, I would, I would do like anything to be Dizzy. That's like, I was dressed as Dizzy when I met the creator of Guilty Gear. Oh wow, really? That's oh wow, that's awesome. Well, um, I didn't wait. I didn't know that they, they never did an English English voiceover for for Guilty Gear. Only for like one of the games for the original Exerd, but she wasn't a playable character in that one. So I'm just oh. like, mm, she's up for grabs. <laughs> <laughs> well, wow, I didn't like. I didn't even know. I was just assuming. Well, like I, I was just assuming if because I mean, Strive is coming in like what April. So uh, the. Uh, uh, I, it's like if I I won't be surprised if I if I if I heard your voice there if it was the English group <laughs> English I, I wish I have no idea what's going on with that. <laughs> oh man, uh, Diz and Dizzy man, uh, like Dizzy needs to be one of those characters that needs to be on in the character list like forever. I mean, at this mm -hmm. point, never DLC. She needs to be a base character at this point. Ever since her introduction, she's like one of the most popular characters in that game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Man, and uh, I mean, are you besides like in uh, fighting games, or, like, are, are you in other kind of genres like RPGs, action, anything else that you usually normally like to play? Um, I'm not good at a lot of other kinds of games, so that's you know, I'm sure if that again, if I sat down and took the time and stuff, um, I do play Smash because I know that's kind of in its own category. Um, I mm -hmm. used to play Smash competitively, I don't anymore, but you know, I play Smash Ultimate for fun. I mean, Ridley and Zelda, mm -hmm. um, and then I play like a lot of Pokemon games. Like I've basically played every Pokemon game. I play Pokemon Go all the time. I am level 41 currently as of the time of this interview. So oh wow, I've put a lot of, put like four and a half years into Pokemon Go at this point. It's <laughs> crazy to think that. And um, I, I play like one mobile gotcha type game currently i try to i tend to spend a lot of money on those so i try to mm. only really be um addicted to one at a time <laughs> oh yeah that will definitely i'm kind of I'm, i kind of have a love-hate relationship with gotcha though like it's yeah. yeah it's like it's hard for me to play a game that is built specifically to eat your money and never ends <laughs> so it's like it's Honestly, the, that's kind of why I like the one I currently play. It's called Love Nikki Dress Up Queen because there are there's definitely certain things that are just designed to like have the the randomizer and eat your money that way. But there's mm -hmm. also a lot of things where you can directly buy the items that you want. So for me, it's like it's like okay, if I have to spend twenty dollars, but I know I'm getting like these three sets that I really want or something, mm -hmm. then it's easier for me to do that rather than just spending twenty dollars and be like, okay, well I could get nothing. 
thing or I could maybe get something I want. So you actually have better chances to get what you want in this game rather than like, you know, the the full gotcha role of, uh, you know, rand- oh, the randomizer, how, how everyone how everyone gets hooked in on that. Yeah, like there's some random elements. They have something called pavilions and it's kind of like, you know, the luck of the drop and the drop rates are not very high, but that's not like what the whole game is centered around. Like there's a lot of things where you can just directly buy things that you want. Um, I used to play a ton of Love Live School Idol Festival. I played that for like years um, and I definitely spent a lot of money on that because, you know, there's just so much random element. So it's like, oh, this oh, time yeah. you can get a higher chance of getting this set, but there's no guarantee. So I kept getting duplicates of stuff I already have. And I was like, no, <laughs> the frustration on that is it's real. Definitely. Uh, uh, I kind of want to circle back for real quick. I just thought about some do, like, do you have you ever played a Grand Blue Fantasy? I have not played the Grand Blue Fantasy mobile game. No, I'm what in about the Grand fighting Blue game? Fantasy versus. Yeah. Oh, you are versus. Okay. Yeah. I'm not I, playable, I, but I I show up alongside Kyle McCarley, and I'm like, you can do it, Grand. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Intros. You did the anime of that too, didn't you? Like, uh, yeah. uh, when you played her. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, definitely. I, I don't. You definitely understand why you wouldn't be the playable. But uh, <laughs> I've I've never played that ver- that game itself. But like I've uh, but I've been wanting. I was looking at it because I saw that it was on sale. But I wasn't really sure if it was like like what you if you've touched it if what you thought about it. Um, I haven't gotten to play it much, but honestly, any fighting game with arc system works involved is going to be good. Like That's it's true. Just, yeah. My, one of true. my like dreams that I know like a lot of fans have would be to um have like an Arc System Works JoJo fighting game like in the style of something like Guilty Gear. That would be absolute dream. That would be crazy. <laughs> just just I mean I remember playing the original the 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 Guilty Gear. I'm sorry, the Guilty Gear, the JoJo's that was on Dreamcast and just oh that one was so good. <laughs> that was Capcom, I believe, that did that one, and that was less and that was that was uh that was so much fun. But just loving uh, Dio and doing that right. yeah i never like i mean like i myself like my girlfriend recently totally uh is trying to get me into jojo uh but like uh uh but i am like totally wet behind the ears when it comes to like the jojo fandom so uh so i'm trying to find a place to start because i know jojo's been around forever it's been around since like the late 80s uh, but there's so many story arcs, so many different kinds of things that's going on. I'm like, how does one start the series? So I guess the best time, because I know you are the JoJo like master. I will call you that you're basically the JoJo like aficionado because I mean, shoot, you have tattoos of it. Like, what is the best like starting place for me if I wanted to start JoJo, uh, the JoJo world? So you got to go in order. Um, I know some people like they j- want to jump right to stands. They're like, oh, I want to I want to see like Jotaro and Dio do the Muda Muda fight and stuff like that, which is part three. <laughs> uh-huh. But um, I think, you know, I know some people, for example, who jumped in with part three, but then it's like you don't understand the whole backstory about Dio and like his feud with the Joestar bloodline and all this kind of stuff. So um, I think it is really important to start from the beginning. Um, I know some people like some some people find part one a little slow like i mean i like part one a lot of jojo fans like part one but i know that some people are like oh i'm not sure how i feel about this but then when they get to like part two and especially part three they really start getting into it so Mm. i really want to advise like stick with it um so there's there's a couple of options um obviously like 
the manga is much farther ahead than the anime. So a lot of fans have obviously read the manga, myself included. Um, but I feel like the anime adaptation by David Productions is very faithful to the source material. So mm-hmm. you can, um, like up on Crunchyroll right now, you can watch all like um, parts one through five animated. And you can even watch it if you have like the free account with ads or whatever. So there's basically like, it's so accessible to watch the entire Jojo anime right now. Um, So, I mean, if you prefer reading, then definitely you want to check out the manga. Otherwise, I think it would be fine to maybe um, watch like parts one through five and then pick up reading from there with the parts that haven't been animated yet. Because the manga is up to part eight. They're at part eight. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. And part eight's been going on for a really long time now. It's like, wait, it's like almost 10 years. What? (laughs) Because we're just, it's getting to some pretty big stuff going on in part eight right now. So I was like, ooh. That's cool because like I've heard like you said that the like most people like kind of are like saying yeah the first uh, part one is really slow or not not a lot of people are big fans of it. I'm like a lot of people I've met say to skip part one and I'm just like and I'm like uh what is skip parts is the refrain of like every JoJo fan. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Otherwise you'll be missing like a lot of crucial context too for um certain things. Like, I, I even know some people who skipped to part five because they're like, well, it's then it's already wow. now they go to Italy and this and that. And some people are like, oh, no, you can just jump in and read part seven because it's like an alternate universe. I'm like, but just alternate universe. Like, wait, part seven is an alternate universe from the so it branches off from the the initial story. Yeah, it's basically like I'm, I'm going to try to say it in a spoiler free way as possible, although I'm sure by the time you get there, you will have totally forgotten. But it's basically like a universe <laughs> reset type of thing. Oh, okay. So, uh, so I hope they don't branch off of that, and then they continue on from part seven. Then, if that's the case, or do they go? Do they actually come back to the original? Well, it's kind of complicated. But you, you see, for example, in part eight, because part seven takes place in like the late eighteen hundreds, kind of like part one did, but it's in like mm-hmm. a totally different setting, and the protagonists are different and stuff. Although there's still like a Joe Star and a Zeppeli, but then like um, part eight, you skip kind of way ahead to a much later timeline but there's a lot of parallels between part eight and part four because it takes place in the town of morio and you know you you just see a lot of things that are kind of like throwbacks to the the previous universe oh my god wow i cannot believe you can keep up with all of this this is amazing and, and dio in part seven is a dinosaur <laughs> what <laughs> what yeah, is going on right there <laughs> dinosaur dio is your hospando mm-hmm. uh, okay fair enough <laughs> man that is so crazy well who is your favorite uh who's your favorite characters in jojo oh i mean it's I feel like there's different characters that I really love for different reasons. Like, I mean, of course, like I love Jolene because like I've been cosplaying her for so many years and mm-hmm. obviously it would be my dream if, um, you know, if it gets dubbed and animated someday to be the English voice of Jolene. Like, <laughs> you know, of course I put that out into the universe. I know that there's, we can only control so much of what, what roles we get, but that would be really cool. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I obviously like uh, Diego, which is like the dinosaur Dio that I mentioned, and he <laughs> loves coffee. Um, you know, I love everything about Josuke and Okuyasu's relationship. Um, I love Yoshikage Kira in part four, because how cool is it that there's a Jojo villain named Kira who is <laughs> modeled after David Bowie looks wise and has a cat stand. I think they basically just said, I wonder what Kira's, like, what's in Kira's, like, spirit diary. That's what's going. <laughs> That's basically yeah. what happened. <laughs> then, of wow. course, I, I love Raimi, speaking of part four, because I voiced her in the dub. Um, 
I love like how spunky um, Narancha is in part five. Like people call him like a trash panda sometimes. <laughs> just like, yeah. Man, I need to like, yeah. I mean, like, uh, is this now? Is uh, JoJo kind of one of those get- series where you don't want to get too attached to a character before they die, or mm-hmm. really? Oh no. Yeah, it's <laughs> you... oh boy. There is unfortunately a lot of those really sad moments in JoJo, and I can't even count how many times I've cried. Like, there's one that'll hit you real bad in part two that every JoJo fan knows what I'm talking about, and there's like certain things like I won't say the the name but at one point a character yells out this character's name and you say that to any jojo fan and they're like ah, no my heart <laughs> <laughs> oh that is funny oh gosh okay i'm not like i don't know if i'm ready but will, I'll, I'll give it this i'm gonna give it the good old college try on it yeah but <laughs> well do you, uh do you have a favorite like what's your favorite story arc between like what you've what you've seen so far or do you or I will, let's say let's make it easier because I know it's going to be hard to say I don't want to just choose one but any like what's what's a good memorable story arc that you that 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 you like part six is just so interesting and so unique um I mean I really like part five too because it's it's very obvious that Araki the manga artist has a lot of um he was very influenced and inspired by Italian culture and he would go to Italy and stuff like that. And you can just tell how much detail he puts into the scenery and the landmarks and all, all this sort of stuff. And, you know, the characters using certain Italian phrases here and there. And I, I just think that's really cool that like different arcs take place in different parts of the world and stuff like that. And I was like, Oh man, it'd be cool to have like a Jojo's part taking place in Australia or something like that, you know? Oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah, that, that would be pretty. That is pretty cool. I really, I really kind of like it when the animes kind of go outside of, of Japan and they actually go to like, you know, different places, like different countries. And it's their depiction of what that country is with mm-hmm. the, with the Jap- part, with Japanese culture. <laughs> part six takes place in Florida. And I will say, like, if you want to sum up part six in one word, Florida man ruins everything. <laughs> There's a guy named Florida Man. Oh my God! No, but I mean, <laughs> oh. the villain of that part. <laughs> oh, that would be. Oh my God! I can only even imagine how that's gonna be. But yes, <laughs> and uh, uh, oh, well, like I mean, and you yourself, I mean, like you've been voice acting for. Well, you have been officially like voice acting uh, for about about a decade or so, and uh, and uh, you've done uh, you've done like countless roles for, from what i've remembered um was there any role was there a, a role that you did that may have may may have impacted you in your career like something that you did that, that still kind of stuck with you to be hands down um i had no idea when i recorded for that game how popular it was going to be because um you know like obviously i've worked on a lot of jrpgs including like even though no one really knew who i was before <laughs> near mm-hmm. came out it's like i had worked on a lot of jrpgs and stuff like that and you know i kind of resigned myself to the fact that it's like i can't get too attached to anything i work on in the sense of like oh i hope this gets popular and i hope this gets appreciated because like it just didn't for everything that i worked on you know it was kind of like it would have like this little small fan base and maybe only a fraction of those people even played or watched something in English. And it was kind of like, you know, I just had to kind of be content with doing my work and, you know, who knows how many people will ever play or watch um, anything I do type of thing. So when I worked on it, you know, I had no idea that it was going to blow up. So I was almost, you know, obviously by the time that the game got announced, 
I had already finished recording because, you know, we'll like record something and we'll have like a non-disclosure until, you know, finally it comes out. So usually by the time we start seeing hype about a project, we've already finished recording. But, um, you know, I was like kind of nervous, like, oh my gosh, I hope people like what I do because it was a character type so different from what I normally play. But I mean, like, there's just no question that that's the role that's kind of, um, I guess, put my career on the map. And it's one of those weird things because it's like, I feel like you can't really measure career success by the popularity of your roles because that's something you can't control. That's just how much people resonate with the characters, with the media itself, with, you know, how much press something gets. Like there's so many different factors, even just like a, a franchise having like a lot of memes made can blow it up, that sort of thing. So, um, you know, that's something that I always try to tell actors I mentor, like don't get too too caught up in feeling like you're not successful if you're not like popular or whatever but you know at the same time like I think we are human and it's hard not to want some kind of acknowledgement or what to feel like people played or watched or experienced the work we did in some way even if they don't know our names that sort of thing so you know hands down to be impacted that the most now I will say that in terms of like getting other jobs and stuff I don't know you know because most of the time when we audition they're just kind of having a bunch of auditions of actors in a folder and listening to them. And, you know, maybe if the producers are fans of near or something, they'll be like, that will help in their minds, but you just don't know. Yeah, that, that, that's true. But I mean, like, I mean, I, like uh, when near, well, when near Automata, when they, when this uh, Automata came out, I was surprised at how popular that game was, uh, uh, came out too. But now something now because of that, this kind of does kind of launched your, I mean, your, I won't say launch because it's kind of weird because like you've been around, like, I mean, in animes and stuff, you've been around for, uh, for a good fair amount of time. And then, but I didn't, and then when I, when I knew that, when I found out that you were actually doing Nier Automata, I was like, oh, that's really cool. But to say that it blew up the way it did, I mean, it was, it, it basically stapled, stapled your, uh, put a good staple point to your career where you're at, you know? So, I mean, I could be, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say it's one of those weird things where it's like, you know, we talk about this as actors sometimes it's like you, um, nobody knows who you are until you do a role that they've heard of and then they're like, oh, you were in all this other stuff that I heard of and it's like, well, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's just kind of how it goes. Yeah, yeah, no, that's cool. But you did, you definitely knocked that that part, uh, that role out the park. Uh, that that was really cool. <laughs> I really love that game. Oh, thank you. Yeah, but that that game though too though I mean was in itself was very special in itself because I mean like in my opinion because uh, we I do a gaming podcast, uh, shameless plug, CFG Gamecast. <laughs> uh, we uh, uh and we were talking about like the best games of the decade, and that game is on my list hands down because of like you know I mean the score, I mean everything, the music the style, the, 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 the storytelling, everything was really like, it, it's probably to a, a level that I would say is close to a masterpiece for the way the game, the, the way the game told its story. And uh, on top of like, you know, the thing, the, the layers of how good the voice acting was and how good all that melded together. It just was, I mean, it, I think like a game like that kind of puts it is, is, is at a pedestal in itself when it comes to just regular kind of gaming, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. You know, so and that's like just so much thanks to Yoko Taro's masterful storytelling. 
Oh, big time. <laughs> uh, most definitely. And it's weird because like this, like, like no one knows. I mean, near, I mean, Automata was really like, you know, the sequel of the original one that came out on the PS3. But then that's also part of the Drakengard series too with Drakengard 3. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah. And I'm just like, no one knows all that. <laughs> uh, uh, knows that this thing is more, is more like, you know, there's an extended story that's been, that was being told years prior to when Automata came. Automata was the one that's like, you know, that put it on the map, but but like I just I, I just have to say that it was like it, it but they base it basically just said this is this is what this game is period so uh let's say uh oh I'm sorry I just lost my spot there here we go <laughs> and uh and <laughs> this isn't just my observation though too I mean like uh since I'm familiar with like you know some of the roles that you've done <clears throat> but I've noticed like most of the characters that you usually like you know norm how you usually gravitate to you play either like a character that's like that has a hint of sundere mindset or yes. <laughs> full or full-fledged sundere most of, most of the time because like and it was funny because like I, I i when i was writing this question down i was like i wanted to be sure so i, I checked the youtube reel of you again just to verify <laughs> And I was like, yep, that was right. <laughs> so uh, so some of the roles that you played uh, that didn't have that kind of mindset, like 2B or, you know, like the bubbly Mitsuri Kanroji from uh, uh, Demon Souls, like is a very big departure of what you're, you know, what, what I'm used to hearing you play itself. And, uh, but like, I was like wondering uh, for the most part, like playing non-sedary roles like that, like how difficult is it to get in the completely different mindset of these parts? Or is there like a process for you uh, or to get into the zone to do it? Well, I think it's become easier over time. Um, I've always prided myself on, I guess, having a pretty big vocal range, but um, I think, you know, there's definitely certain character types that do come more naturally to me, like, especially like Sundere and kind of, you know, just like bratty or mean characters in general. That's what I, or like, really over the top crazy characters like Evie from Paladins like I just live to play those kinds of characters you know it's like you can give me one of those scripts and I'm like cool I know what to do but then when it comes to the more like stoic characters it actually is a little bit harder because it's kind of you know it's just not what I'm used to playing so obviously like a role like um, I think my first character of the more kind of like subdued mature kind of kind of vibe was Umi from the Love Live anime. And mm. so I remember that one was really challenging for me at the time. And then I played 2B and, you know, like a couple others. And, you know, now I feel like I'm more comfortable with that archetype because I do sometimes get that, like, um, you know, right now I'm obviously playing Setsuna in Yashihime Princess Half Demon. And she's kind of like, you know, the cool like level-headed one of the group and you know, she's just mm -hmm. kind of like, all right, let's get it done. Like she's like a professional demon slayer, you know? So um I think I, as time goes on, I feel like more confident in those archetypes, but I think we all, like every actor has just like a certain type that they kind of gravitate to. Oh, okay. That's, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. I was like, but it's really cool because I mean, it, I mean, I'm not, showing the how diverse you are in those, uh, in these roles just made, just like, I just had to naturally think, I'm like, why does she just goes to mostly Sundari characters? <laughs> but, uh, no, but you're totally, but, no, but you're totally right. That's awesome. And, uh, do you have a dream role or project that you, uh, like want to be a part of, or is it something, it could be something that's happened in the future or, or happened in the past, something that's already happened or, you know, something that's that's going to happen in the future or, or may happen in the future. Yep, hands down, Jolene Cujo. 
<laughs> Don't ocean. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I figured as much what you were talking with the Joe's with yeah. the Joe's rants, but that's cool. Hey, but uh, uh I guess I mean while uh while I have, is there any play, anything you'd like to plug or anything that you're planning on doing uh, that you that you're able to talk about, like or like to promote anything like that? Yeah, so um, a few different things. I worked on a game recently called 13 Sentinels, and I feel like it's so underrated, but it's such a beautiful game. I play the role of Ryoko Shinonome. I just highly recommend checking it out. Um, I also run an online community called Voice Acting Club. So if you're, you know, no matter where you guys are at in your voice acting journey, if you're, you know, kind of an established pro or you're a beginner, there's just all sorts of things. Um, it's mainly a Discord server, but we have a whole website with resources. I write articles, all that kind of stuff, completely free, voiceactingclub.com. Um, and of course, I also have an autograph shop on Store Envy, um, and you can get certain things, including like prints of my cats. And if you buy artwork of my cats, then I will donate half the proceeds to help cat rescue. So, yeah. That is awesome. That's that's cool. That's a cool idea. I love that. Uh, I had no idea that you were in, uh, I guess, 13 Sentinels. That game... Why do they release games without, like, you know, promotion? Because <laughs> that game was, like, so good. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I think budget sometimes is probably a factor, you know, just how much something takes off. Because so much of, of the promotion for games, I think, comes from just players, like people playing the game and being like, oh, I love this, and making content for it, and mm. memes, and all this kind of stuff. So, um you know, I guess I just encourage everybody if there's a game you like that you think deserves more love, like be vocal about it online, mm. maybe do like, you know, stream it or, um, or talk about it on Twitter or whatever, just try to get some hype around it. Yeah, that's very true. Very true. But definitely, yeah. So I would, I would definitely uh, suggest, yeah, 13 Sizzle is definitely a good game that folks need to definitely check out. Uh, well, uh, Kira, thank you so much for stopping by, geeking out with me as, uh, uh, geeking out with me. It's really, it was a pleasure talking to you about stuff <laughs> yeah thank you so much for having me on all right guys and uh thanks and thanks for everyone that's that's listening to this and guys be sure to give us a like or a follow over on uh over on youtube at the cfg channel or you could just give us a a, a like star what what have you on any podcast service out there that goes a long way uh to if you if you enjoy these conversations that we do or go to our main web, website confreaksandgeeks.com to check out all the stuff that we have in in store so this is davis signing off y'all take it easy <laughs>